everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode, we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history. And today we're going to be talking about the case of Liz Golia, Carrie Farver, and Dave Kruper. So today's case, it is a crazy one. It is very complicated. It is very complex. There are so many twists and turns. It's it's gonna be a roller coaster. And at the center of this case is a man called Dave Kruper. And he had recently gotten out of a long-term relationship and he was dating quite a few women, two of which were Liz Golia and Kerry Father. And as far as Dave could tell, both of them were obsessive, jealous, scary, and very stalkery. Or are they? Because not all is as it seems in this case. This case is the definition of messy. There's a lot of jealousy, stalking, thousands of weird messages, death threats, houses burning down, strange shootings. And at a lot of points in this case, you will be thinking, what the actual hell is going on here? But it's just one of those stories where you just need to keep listening because eventually all will be revealed. And the truth behind this case is just as shocking. So that is what we are going to be talking about today. So let's jump in. So like I said in the intro, there are three main people in today's case, Dave, Carrie, and Liz. And we do need to look into all of them, but we're going to start with Liz. So Liz, her real name is actually Shanna Elizabeth Golia, but she goes by Liz, which is obviously an abbreviation of her middle name. And she was born on the 28th of June, 1975, making her a cancer. And she grew up in the town Kalamazoo, I really hope that that is how you pronounce it. Kalamazoo, Michigan, where she lived with her parents, L and D, and then her younger brother, George. Now, Liz, oh my God, her childhood, her very early childhood was traumatic. A lot of trauma. Her dad was a raging alcoholic and he was also very physically abusive to Liz's mom. He would beat her black and blue pretty much every single day. And on top of that, just before meeting Liz's mom, her dad spent three years in prison for quote, taking indecent liberties with a child, which basically means committing a sexual act on somebody that is under 16. So Liz's dad is a monster. Let's just put it like that. And Liz's mom is actually described as a really nice person. She just kind of fell victim to Liz's dad. He was very manipulative. He was very abusive. And Liz's mom, Dee, had two children from a prior relationship. And because the domestic abuse was that bad in the house, those two children were taken off of her. And that all happened before Liz was born. So then Dee went on to have Liz and George with the very abusive father. And because the abuse continued in the house, Liz and George also got taken away from the house. They were also both placed in foster care. But for Liz's mom, Dee, she's now had four children taken off of her. And I think that this was a wake-up call for her because she's now lost all four of her children and her children were her world. So she finally managed to gather the strength to leave 
Lizzie's dad leave the abusive monster. And because she left Lizzie's dad, the authorities were like, okay, you've left that man. The household is now stable. You can have your children back. And Lizzie's mom was so excited about this because her children were her world. So one day in spring of 1978, she was getting the house ready for her children to come back. She headed to a laundromat to wash their bedding, to make their room and everything all nice and clean. And as she was walking down the side, sidewalk, she got hit by a car and was killed. That is so sad. She had finally gathered the strength to leave that monster. She was now getting her kids back. She was so excited. And then she is killed. It was an accident. It wasn't like a hit or run or anything. But that is just so unfortunate and so tragic. So because of this, social services were like, well, Liz and George now have to stay in the foster system. There's no one else to have them. So Liz is now three years old and she is now fully in the foster system. She bounces around from different families, apparently suffering abuse along the way. And when she was the age five, she finally settles with the Golia family. And this is where Liz spends the rest of her childhood with this family. And as far as I could tell, she lived a pretty comfortable life, not perfect but pretty comfortable. So now we need to skip forward to 1997. This is when Liz is 22 years old. And at this point in her life, she is just entering into a very significant relationship with a man called Raymond. Now, by the age of 22, Liz had already previously been married and gotten a divorce. And that first marriage, there's nothing really significant, which is why I've just kind of skipped over it. But this relationship with Raymond... Oh my God. So first of all, Raymond's family did not like Liz at all. Oh no, they described her as cold, as manipulative. They said that she was extremely possessive and controlling definitely keep that in mind. And she wouldn't let Raymond out of her sight, really. She wouldn't let Raymond see anybody else, speak to anybody else. Now, Raymond was about to break things off with Liz because he had just had enough when Liz falls pregnant. So because of this, Raymond decides to give their relationship a second chance. And Raymond tries to step up, be a good boyfriend, prepare to be a good father and everything. But does Liz do the same? Oh no. Because whilst she is pregnant, let that sink in, whilst she is pregnant, she goes out and finds herself another boyfriend. Now this new boyfriend was 21-year-old Glenn and she moves him in to where she's living. Now she's not currently living with Raymond. So when Raymond finds out that Glenn is living with her, he's like, what the hell? What is going on? And Liz just says, oh, this is my new roommate, Glenn. And Raymond could see straight through Liz. He could see that there was clearly something more going on between the two, but he just kind of put up with it because she was pregnant with his child and he wanted to stick around. So Liz now just goes between the two of them. So when Liz eventually gives birth, she names her son Cody and her new boyfriend, Glenn, not the father of the baby, essentially becomes the full-time babysitter. And Glenn's family, just like Raymond's family, they don't like Liz because they can see that Liz is taking advantage of their son because Glenn was very vulnerable. He had learning difficulties and he was very easily taken advantage of. And this is exactly what Liz was doing. So a few months go by and Liz is still just taking advantage of everyone. And then something 
very, very significant happens. Because Cody was now five months old, and remember that Glenn pretty much is the full-time babysitter, so Glenn was looking after Cody. Glenn was also with his mom. And on this occasion, when they're babysitting, Cody is being very fussy. He's not being his normal self. And when Glenn's mom went to check on Cody, she noticed that he wasn't breathing. So they instantly rushed Cody to the hospital. And very sadly, when Cody arrived to the hospital, he was pronounced dead which is, oh my God, horrific. And the cause of death was determined to be shaken baby syndrome. So somebody had killed Cody, whether accidentally or intentionally, someone was responsible for this. Now the police initially went to Glenn because he was the one looking after Cody last. And the police were grilling Glenn. They were like, did you shake the baby? What did you do? And Glenn to all of these answers was like, no, no, I didn't shake Cody. I play with Cody. I throw him up in the air a couple of times and then catch him, but that's all I do. But remember that Glenn is very vulnerable. He is very easily manipulated and the police managed to convince Glenn that Glenn had killed Cody. And they convinced Glenn to make a full confession, confessing to the murder. And he was charged with second degree murder. Now, everybody else that was around knew that Glenn hadn't done this. They were all convinced that Liz had done this. On the morning before Cody died, Liz admitted to drop in Cody? Or did she do something else and she just tried to say that she dropped Cody as a cover? Did she actually shake Cody? Because the injuries that Cody had couldn't have come from Glenn playing with him. And Liz, oh my God, she didn't even grieve for her own child. When it came to Cody's funeral, she was seen laughing joking about. And it's like, are you being serious right now? You are at the funeral for your own child and you are laughing and joking and flirting around? So Glenn is being held in jail awaiting trial. So then his trial eventually comes around about a year later. And who was the star witness against Glenn? You guessed it. It was Liz. Liz took the stand in that trial and completely destroyed Glenn's character. But then she had a smoking gun. She pulled out letters that Glenn and her had exchanged over that year he was awaiting trial. And in these letters, Glenn had pretty much confessed to the murder. Now these letters, were they real? Because Glenn claimed that he didn't write these letters. He didn't confess to the murder because he hadn't committed the murder. Everyone believes that Liz was responsible for her own child's death and she forged those letters so she could get away with murder and pin it on Glenn. And these letters were pretty much the key thing that convicted Glenn. The jury, after hearing these letters, after seeing Liz's testimony, they were like, he's guilty. And in the end, Glenn was sentenced to eight to 25 years in prison, which is heartbreaking that an innocent person has been sent to prison when it's pretty clear to everybody that Liz was behind all of this. So following the trial, Liz moves to Omaha in Nebraska. I think Liz realized that the people in her hometown couldn't stand her, so she moved away. Now, at this point in her life, Liz turned into a complete party animal. 
She was going out drinking all the time. She wasn't really taking care of herself. She dated a series of men. She also fell pregnant again and had another child until she finally gets into a pretty serious relationship with a man called Dirk. Now, when she meets Dirk, she becomes infatuated with him. And I mean infatuated, obsessed. She was very clingy, so bloody clingy. And the couple soon had a child together. Now, after being together for quite a while, Dirk gets completely tired of Liz. It just feels like the same story, doesn't it? She becomes obsessed with people. She manipulates them. She's very clingy, obsessive, jealous, and the partner always gets fed up with her. So that is exactly what's happened here. So Dirk does end up leaving Liz and he gets into a relationship with another woman called Melissa. And did Liz take this very well? No. No, no, no. Following the breakup, Liz turned into a super creepy stalker. But it wasn't Dirk that she stalked. It was his new girlfriend, Melissa. She became so obsessed with Melissa, stalking everything that she did. She wanted to know everything about Melissa. She would turn up outside of her apartment. She would key her car. She somehow got her number and started texting her. She was sending Melissa explicit photos of herself and Dirk to Melissa. She is creepy as hell, okay? She also sent Melissa a box of cookies that Melissa and Dirk were convinced that she had poisoned, so they threw the cookies away, which I don't blame them. And it wasn't long until Liz tried to become Melissa. And I truly mean she tried to become her. She bought some hair extensions. She changed up her hair and everything. She bought the exact same car as Melissa. She also started to train as a pharmacy tech, which was the exact same profession as Melissa. But the creepiest thing is that she actually started to introduce herself to others as Melissa. Yeah, she was going around telling people that her name was Melissa. And this went on for five years. Five years, she is stalking and harassing Melissa and also Dirk. Melissa and Dirk, in that five years, they did get married. It was a very serious relationship, but eventually their relationship broke down and they got a divorce. And I wouldn't be surprised if their relationship broke down because of Liz. And as soon as the couple got divorced, the stalking, the harassing stopped just like that. Liz had basically dedicated her whole life for five years, torturing and harassing Melissa and Dirk. So now we skip forward to 2012. I know it feels like we are going at 100 miles an hour, but there is so much that happens in this case. So in 2012, Liz is now 37 years old. She is still living in Omaha with her two children. And in 2012, this is pretty much when the crazy events of today's case begin, which is crazy to say because we have already covered so much craziness already. So in those few years, Liz had dated various men, all of which she met through various dating sites. And she is currently dating a man called Garrett. Now their relationship had been on and off for around two years. But at this point, they were committed to one another. At least that's what Garrett thought. But Liz did not see it like that. Oh no. She was like, eh, I want multiple boyfriends at the same time. Garrett was basically her safety net. She used and abused him and he was her safe option. And in 2012, Liz went back to various dating sites to date other men behind Garrett's back. And this is when Liz went on the dating site Plenty of Fish and she met 35-year-old Dave 
Krupa, who is a very significant character in today's case. Now, Dave was currently working as a mechanic and he had recently moved to Omaha after the breakdown of his 12-year relationship with Amy Flora, who he also had two children with. The relationship between Dave and Amy was very serious. Obviously, they were together for 12 years, had two children, and Amy wanted to get married. And even though they had been together for so long, they had children, Dave didn't want to get married. Dave just kept saying no, and this eventually led to the breakdown of the relationship. And this is when Dave starts joining dating sites to get back out there. And this is when he met Liz Golia. So Dave and Liz, they go out on their first date and Dave makes it very clear from the very first date that he doesn't want anything serious. He doesn't want to be in a committed relationship. He just wants something casual. And Liz, when she heard this, she was like, great, me too. Don't forget though that Liz is already supposed to be in a committed relationship with Garrett. Yeah, don't forget that she already has another boyfriend. I personally think she just wanted to say, yeah, let's keep it casual to get her hooks into Dave, reel him in, and then pretty much have him. Because over the next few weeks, they did go on quite a few dates and Liz would not leave Dave alone. She was obsessed. She became so, so obsessed with him. She wanted to be with him all of the time. She became very clingy again. And Dave was going on dates with other women. He was having casual relationships with quite a few women. And when Liz found out about this, oh God, it did not go down well. Whenever Dave would have a date, Liz would always show up at his apartment just before he was about to leave on his date. She would go over to his apartment, try to seduce him and try to lure him back to her so he didn't go on his other date. Liz was also insanely jealous of Amy. Dave's ex, the mother of his children. Because Dave obviously kept a relationship with Amy because they had children together. And Dave would go over and see his children, but Liz would be like, why are you going over there? She would always accuse Dave. Oh, you're just going over there to see Amy. You're back with Amy, aren't you? And no matter how many times Dave would say to her, no, I have just gone over there to see my own children. She wouldn't believe him. And also, no matter how many times Dave would tell Liz that he did not want a committed relationship, she wouldn't listen. Dave would say, Liz, this is a casual relationship. Go out, find some other men, go date them as well as me. That was supposed to be the agreement. And eventually she broke Dave down so much that Dave was just sick and tired. And he was like, fine, let's give this committed thing a go. I'll give you one month. I'll be committed to you for one month. However, it was in this month that Dave met another woman called Carrie Father. And the combination of Liz Dave and Carrie would change everything. Carrie was currently 37 years old. She was a single mom to her 14-year-old son called Max, and she was living in the small town of Macedonia in Iowa. Now, growing up, Carrie was described as very intelligent. She was placed in the gifted program at school, and after leaving school, she went on to study at the University of Kansas. Following her studies, she got into a relationship and had her son, Max, 
Max, but the relationship didn't work out and she soon found herself as a single mom. However, Carrie dedicated her life to her son, Max. Max was her whole world. And Carrie did have some struggles in life, finding herself as a single mom, as quite a young single mom as well. She did struggle. She did go through periods of depression and she was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder. But she was on medication. She had everything under control. So she did have a couple of struggles, but overall she was really happy and she loved her life. And in 2012, Carrie was working as a computer programmer, which was her dream job. And she was currently working in Omaha, Nebraska, which was quite a far commute from where she lived. It was about an hour commute in the car and she was having car trouble one day. So she stopped off to get someone to look at her car. And this is when she met mechanic Dave Kruper. Now, Dave, he was dating quite a few women, but all of those women he had met online. But Carrie was the first woman that he had met in person and instantly had an interest in her. Dave has said that there was just an instant connection between him and Carrie. And later on that day, Dave realized that Carrie had a profile on Plenty of Fish which was the dating site that he was using. So he asked her out. So now we get to the 29th of October, 2012. And this is when Dave and Carrie go on their first date. They go to Applebee's, they're having a great time. When all of a sudden, Dave's phone starts blowing up with text messages. And who is messaging him? Liz. Liz starts saying in the messages that she needs to go over to Dave's apartment immediately. She's left something there and so important. She needs it right now. And Dave responds and says, um, I'm out on a date. I can't really go back to my apartment right now. So then eventually at the end of the date, Carrie goes back to Dave's apartment. So Dave and Carrie, they're in his apartment. And then all of a sudden, somebody is at the door banging. And who is banging on the door? Of course, it's Liz. She was not about to let this drop. But when Dave is talking to Liz at the door, Liz bursts out crying. Liz starts saying that she doesn't like seeing Dave with another woman. She's really upset. She's getting really emotional. She's blowing this way out of proportion. And in the end, Carrie decided that it was probably the best idea if she just left and left Dave to deal with this on his own without her being there. So Carrie left the apartment and she passes Liz in the corridor. Now the two of them, they don't even speak. They literally just pass each other in a corridor. Literally, they look at each other. The encounter was probably about two seconds long and that was it. However, that chance encounter would have a significant effect on everyone's lives for years to come. So Dave basically says that he doesn't want anything to do with Liz anymore. She's taking it too far and he wants to focus on Carrie. I don't think he was being exclusive with Carrie, but he wanted to focus on Carrie. And over the next two weeks, Dave and Carrie have quite a few dates. They're having a great time. And Carrie has started to visit Dave at his apartment pretty much every day after work because his apartment was on her way home. And Carrie had a big problem project coming up at work and she was working longer hours than normal. And if you remember, Carrie's commute is about an hour. And Dave said that whilst she has this project going on, she can stay at his apartment to save her that commute. She arranges for her mom to look after her son, Max, and that's what she plans to do. Stay at Dave's apartment whilst this project is going on. Now, just before this week where the project is taking place, a few strange things happen. 
Harry started to get multiple friend requests on Facebook from people she had never met before. Dave was also being bombarded with text messages from Liz, even though he had told her that he didn't want anything to do with her anymore. But because Liz was so clingy, the text messages didn't seem too weird to Dave. And then all of a sudden, Carrie's car got vandalized. Somebody thought they were quite the artist. And Carrie didn't have a clue who had done this. She just thought it was a random attack. So now that week is coming up where she has that project coming on and she's getting all ready to stay at Dave's apartment. And she turns up at Dave's apartment on Monday, the 12th of November, all ready to stay there for the week. Carrie stays the night on Monday. Then the next morning, she gets up pretty early to start work on her project. She logs into Facebook at 6.41 a.m. Dave is also up. He gets ready. He goes off to work. He kisses Carrie goodbye just before he leaves. Carrie then logged out of her Facebook account and started to make her way to work. But it turns out she never arrived at work. Now, Carrie was always punctual. She was never late to work, but she didn't show up to work. She didn't even call in and say that there was an emergency somewhere or something had happened and she was being delayed. No one knew where Carrie was. But what was even stranger is that Dave, he is at work later on that morning. He receives a text from Carrie. And in that text, Carrie says, I think we should move in together. And Dave was really taken aback by this message. He was like, whoa, whoa, what the hell is going on? Where did this come from? He thought that Carrie was on the same page as him. And he responded, um, I don't think that that would be a good idea. And then literally within a minute or two, Carrie messages back and says, fine, screw you. I found someone else and I'm dating them instead. Don't ever contact me again. And from this moment, Dave would actually never see Carrie again. However, that wasn't the end of it. Oh no. The night nightmare was only just beginning. After Dave had received that very strange message from Carrie, he also noticed that she had unfriended him on Facebook. And when he got home that night, she wasn't there. All of her belongings were gone. And remember, she was supposed to stay with him for that week. But what was weird is that Carrie hadn't returned to her home in Macedonia either. And remember, she has a son. None of this made any sense. And what was really, really strange is that from this day forward, Dave would constantly receive messages from Carrie. Every single day she would text him, every single day she would email him. And these messages were full of insults. She would call Dave every name under the sun. She would constantly put down the other women that he was dating, calling them whores, calling them various other names. But there was one woman in particular that Carrie focused all of her anger on, and that was Liz. In the messages to Dave, she would say, Liz is a whore, why are you dating Liz? It seemed like Carrie had an obsession with Liz. She also threatened Dave that he needed to stay away from Liz. And Dave was thinking, what the hell is going on? Dave only dated Carrie for about two weeks. Why all of a sudden was she so obsessed with him? And also why was she obsessed with Liz? Carrie and Liz had only met once and that meeting literally lasted for two seconds. Where the hell has all of this come from? So 10 days go by and things are still just as strange, if not stranger. Carrie still hasn't been seen by anybody. However, Carrie is messaging 
everybody. Carrie is messaging Dave. She is messaging her mom, Nancy. And Nancy is becoming really concerned about her daughter because Carrie hadn't come home. She hadn't come home to see her son, which just wasn't like her. And Nancy was also really concerned about Carrie because she hadn't heard her voice. The only communication that Nancy had had with her daughter was over text. And in the messages that Carrie sent to her mom, Carrie said that she was moving to Kansas because she had found a job. So Nancy talked to Max about this and said, why does your mom want to move to Kansas? What is all of this about? And Max actually did say, oh, mom was looking at a job in Kansas. Maybe she got it after all. So this made Nancy feel a little bit more reassured, but she was still like, this is weird. This is so weird. The messages that Carrie was sending as well, they didn't sound like Carrie. And Nancy knows her daughter. She speaks to her daughter every day. They always exchange messages. And in the messages, there are so many spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes. Carrie didn't spell things incorrectly. She was a stickler for grammar. Nancy was convinced that whoever was messaging her was not her daughter. So after 10 days of being off the radar, Nancy finally reports her daughter missing to the police. Now the police, after they get the missing person report, they immediately went to speak to Dave because he was the last person to see Carrie in person. And Dave was like, what do you mean she's missing? She's been messaging me multiple times every day. She's harassing me. She's stalking me. She's threatening me you need to do something about this. She's not a missing person. She is harassing me. But things escalate even more because remember, Carrie seems to all of a sudden be obsessed with Liz. Well, Dave now receives a message from Liz and Liz tells Dave that Carrie is now stalking her as well. Somehow Carrie has gotten hold of Liz's phone number and is messaging Liz all of the time, just like she is Dave, throwing insults at her, threatening her, telling Liz, stay away from my man or else. Carrie also said that if Liz didn't stay away from her man, she would would harm Liz and her kids. And all of this is just really strange because Carrie had only met Liz in a hallway for two seconds. Why is she now threatening to harm Liz's kids over meeting her for two seconds. It doesn't make sense, does it? However, it still escalates because one morning Liz woke up. She went to her garage and on the wall in spray paint were the words, whore from Dave. And Liz knew exactly who had written those words. It wasn't Dave. It was Carrie because Carrie was stalking her. Carrie was harassing her. So Liz reported this straight to the police. And Dave was feeling so guilty about all of this because ultimately he had brought Carrie into their lives and he felt responsible. And he said to Liz, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I have dragged you into this. And the two of them instantly bond again over the shared stalking that they are going through. And the two of them basically end up together in a relationship again, which is very convenient, isn't it, for Liz? Because that's what Liz wants. More weeks go by and the stalking, harassing, everything escalates again. Carrie is still 
nowhere to be seen. But Dave is now receiving at least 60 texts a day and over a hundred emails a day from Carrie. I can't even imagine receiving that many text messages and that many emails every day. And Dave would change his number but Carrie would always track it down. She would always find it. And the messages that Carrie was sending Dave said things like, I hate you. You've ruined my life. I want to drive a knife through your heart. My favorite thing to do is sit and watch you. And she would text Dave, oh, I can see you. You have your feet up and you're wearing a blue shirt. And of course, this was true. When Dave received this message, he was sitting in a chair with his feet up wearing a blue shirt. So Dave was genuinely terrified. He was like, oh my God, Carrie really is watching me. Liz also was receiving so many text messages and so many emails every single day. And her messages were saying things like, keep your hands off my man, keep your lips off my man. Don't go near Dave or I'll hurt you. Maybe do us all a favor and kill yourself. There would even be times when Liz and Dave were on a date. They were sat in Dave's apartment and both both of their phones would blow up with messages at the same time. Both of them were receiving threatening messages and this really bonded them together. They were bonding over the fact that Carrie was stalking both of them, threatening them. But on top of all of this, and this is just sick, Carrie had created an obituary for Liz and sent Liz the link to the obituary. And in the obituary, it said, I didn't know her very well, except that she was a whore and a man stealer. Thank God she's gone. And this is when Dave and Liz thought, oh my God, this is getting out of hand now. And they both go to the police. But the police, they took the allegations seriously, but no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't track down Carrie. They didn't know where she was. But whenever the police tried to track and trace Carrie's cell phone, the location was being scrambled and they assumed because Carrie was a computer programmer, she knew how to cover her tracks and she knew how to get her cell phone to ping off multiple cell towers at the same time and not give her true location. So weeks turn into months and Carrie's family are so worried about Carrie because they hadn't seen her. And as well, Carrie had started to miss some pretty significant events in the family. She didn't come home for her own birthday. She didn't come home for her son's birthday. And you got to remember that Max is Carrie's whole world. Why would she not come home for his birthday? She missed her best friend's baby shower that she was supposed to plan. And she also missed her brother's wedding. And Carrie's mom, Nancy, kept texting Carrie saying, please, please phone me. Please tell me what is going on. And Carrie would just respond, leave me alone. All Nancy wanted was to hear her daughter's voice because Nancy deep down didn't believe that whoever this person was messaging was her daughter. She just wanted to hear her voice. But not just that, to make things even worse, Carrie's dad had cancer and he was incredibly sick and Carrie knew this because she looked after him. She visited him all the time, but his condition had deteriorated so much that he passed away and Carrie never came home for his funeral. And this just broke 
Carrie's mom, Nancy. So Nancy went to the police again and she demanded that they find her daughter. At this point, the police had learned that Carrie had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So in response to Nancy reporting her daughter missing Again, they just said that she's probably off her medication, she's probably had a psychotic break, and she has ran off on her own free will. Case closed. They heard that she had bipolar and was like, well, that's the reason. That is the reason why she's acting like this. She's ran off. And it's like, are you being serious? Are you being serious? Nancy, understandably, was furious about this because that wasn't like Carrie. She had never done anything like that before. Yes, she had bipolar, but that doesn't mean that she's going to act in the way that she has. Nancy was still convinced that whoever was messaging her on Facebook, whoever was texting her, was an imposter. I mean, why else? would Carrie not want her mom to hear her voice? Carrie's son, Max, messaged his mom on Facebook and just wrote the words, hi. Now, Carrie instantly messaged back and said, hi, little man, how are you doing? Which was incredibly strange because Carrie had never called her son little man before. So Max replied with three questions. He said, what is my middle name? What was the name of our first boxer dog? And what is the name of my best friend? His mom would know the answers to those questions. So after he sent those questions, did Carrie respond? No. So Max was like, yep, whoever this is, that's not my mom. But unfortunately, the police wouldn't listen to the family. It really was as soon as they found out that she had been diagnosed with bipolar they stopped the investigation. So the months roll by and Dave and Liz are still seeing each other because remember, they have bonded over the stalking, which is still going on, by the way. Carrie is still stalking and harassing Dave and Liz. But as the months go by, Dave starts to pull away from Liz. He wants to end the relationship again because Liz is pretty intense. She's very clingy. She's very possessive. So Dave told Liz that he wanted to basically break it off. But whenever Dave would say things like this to Liz, something strange would happen. The abuse from Carrie got worse. Yes, whenever Dave tried to break off the relationship that he had with Liz, tried to put some distance between himself and Liz, all of a sudden Dave and Liz would be bombarded with abusive messages from Carrie. Like one time Dave broke it off with Liz and then he started to get loads of messages from Carrie saying that she was pregnant with his child, which Dave obviously knew wasn't true, but it still freaked out Dave and he went running back to Liz. There was another time where he broke it off with Liz again and then Carrie started posting messages all over Facebook that Dave had proposed to her and Carrie Carrie was posting photos of her hand with a ring on it. Just want to add that the hand, Carrie's hand, looked nothing like Carrie's hand. But still, this freaked Dave out. So he went running back to Liz because Liz was the only one that understood the abuse and the harassment. There was another time where Dave broke up with Liz. There's a pattern here, isn't there? Dave breaks up with Liz a lot. So there was another time where Dave broke it off with Liz and Dave was sent a photo from Carrie and the photo showed a woman with dark hair tied up in the boot of a car with duct tape over her mouth. And with the picture was the caption, look, I have Liz tied up in my car. 
and I'm going to kill her. Now, Dave went into full panic mode because he doesn't know what Carrie is capable of. And the woman in the photo looked like Liz. So Dave panicked, phoned Liz and said, are you okay? Are you safe? And Liz was like, yeah, yeah, I'm safe. Why? What's wrong? So Dave was like, oh, it's Carrie again. She's just sent me a photo of a woman that looks like you tied up in her car. So after this little photo incident, Dave runs back to Liz and rekindles the relationship. But these strange incidences wouldn't just happen when Dave tried to break it off with Liz. They would also happen when Dave would date or speak to another woman. For example, one time Dave got a friend request from a woman and he started chatting to her. And then one hour after accepting that friend request from the woman, he received a ton of abusive messages from Carrie. But not just that, Carrie was also sending abusive messages to the woman that he had literally just started speaking to. Carrie was trying to scare off any other woman from going near her man. And this would happen on dating sites as well. Whenever Dave would try and set up a date with another woman, Carrie would send abusive messages to that woman to scare her off. There was one time where Carrie sent a random woman a message saying that she was going to slit her kid's throat. And this just kept happening over and over again. The stalking and harassment would escalate every time Dave would either break up with Liz or if Dave would try and date another woman. And every time Dave and Liz would always end up back together. Very, very convenient. So we now get to early 2013. Carrie has been missing for a few months now. And this is when a few significant things happen. First of all, Carrie's car is located and Carrie's car turns up outside of Dave's apartment. Dave reported this to the police because obviously this freaked him out. So the police get the car, they search it, but they don't really find anything. The only thing they find is a mysterious fingerprint and they don't know who this fingerprint belongs to because it doesn't belong to Carrie and it doesn't belong to anybody on their database. There is also no CCTV to show how the car even got outside of Dave's apartment. So they literally learn nothing about why Carrie's car's there nothing. And then Nancy, Carrie's mom, receives a strange message from Carrie, which says that she has sold all of her furniture in her home. And she sends over a picture of a check that she wants her mom to cash. And this check is signed by a woman called Shanna Golia. And if you remember, this is Lizzie's real name, Shanna Elizabeth Golia. And then all of a sudden, Nancy receives a phone call from somebody with a very deep, distorted voice who claims to be Dave. And they phone up Nancy and they say, I know where Carrie is. She is in a homeless shelter. She is so worried about her. She's like, oh my God, what has happened? Why has she ended up in a homeless shelter? But when Nancy gets to the shelter, her daughter Carrie is not there. And Nancy is like, what the hell is going on? Who the hell is this Shanna that's wrote out this check? And who the hell is phoning me, pretending to be Dave, saying that they know where my daughter is? So if you think things have been crazy so far in this case, they're about to get even crazier. Because in the summer of 2013, 
nine months after Carrie has first disappeared. Things are about to take a very dramatic turn. At this point, Liz and Dave had had their biggest breakup so far. And we all know what happens when Liz and Dave break up. So-called Carrie does something extreme. And you guys are not going to be prepared for what is about to happen. This would be Carrie's craziest act so far. Because on the 17th of August, 2013, Liz calls up emergency services and says that her house is on fire. Yeah, her whole house, Liz's whole house is on fire fire. It was fully ablaze. It was out of control. I am talking the whole house engulfed in flames. Thankfully, Liz and her two children were not in the house. However, Liz's four pets were inside the house and her four pets lost their lives. She had two dogs, a cat and a snake that all suffocated in the house fire. And of course, Liz reports the house fire to the police. And she says that she knows exactly who is responsible for the house fire. And that is Carrie. Carrie had reportedly sent Liz an email the day before the fire saying, I'm going to burn your house down whilst you and your kids are inside. And Liz was beside herself. She was so terrified because her house had been burnt down. She had lost her pets, all of her belongings. And she was so scared so she went running back to Dave, who of course accepted her with open arms because he felt so guilty. So Dave and Liz rekindle their love. Again, very convenient. And Dave, by the way, he is a nervous wreck at this point. He is so terrified about what has happened to Liz because he's so terrified that Carrie is going to burn down his apartment. He starts drinking very heavily. He buys himself a gun for protection. And the police do confirm that the house fire, Liz's house fire, was indeed arson. And obviously the number one suspect was Carrie. But again, still nobody knew where she was. And you might be thinking... Oh my God, this has escalated. Carrie has gone from sending a few threatening, nasty messages to now burning a house down. Why does Carrie have it out so much for Liz? A woman that she literally met for two seconds. Well, this is where the big plot twist comes in. Some of you may have clocked on to what is actually going on because I feel like I've been pretty obvious throughout this whole video. But for those of you that are very confused right now, because this is a very confusing case, I think it's about time that we actually reveal what is going on. Because it wasn't Carrie that started the house fire. Oh no, no. It was Liz. Liz started the house fire on her own house. Liz killed her own pets. She set her house on fire knowing full well that her animals were inside that house. And it's like, why the hell would Liz set her own house on fire? And that is because Liz is actually Carrie. Yeah, yeah, Liz. Liz. This is all Liz. This is all Liz. From the moment that Carrie went missing, Liz has been pretending to be Carrie. And I'm sure most of you probably figured that out. So it was Liz sending the threatening messages to herself and Dave. It was Liz communicating with Carrie's mom, Nancy. It was Liz that was sending the Facebook messages to Carrie's son, Max. It was Liz that created the obituary for herself. Remember that picture of the woman tied up in the trunk? That was actually Liz. Liz tied herself up, put herself 
in the trunk and then took a picture of herself tied up in the trunk. What the hell? What the actual hell? Everything that I have said, oh, Carrie did this, Carrie did that. Carrie didn't do any of it. It was Liz. That is why every time Liz and Dave broke up, Carrie would send some messages and force them back together because it was Liz. That is how Carrie always knew what Dave's new number was because it was Liz. It was literally Liz's full-time job pretending to be Carrie. And I'm not joking there. She was spending 40 to 50 hours a week sending all of these messages and emails. Oh, and it was Liz that called up Nancy with a voice distorter pretending to be Dave and saying, oh, your daughter's in the homeless shelter. Yeah, it was it was Liz, that sick and twisted. And she wanted to make sure that Dave never suspected that it was her sending all of these messages. So remember I said that there would be quite often times where Liz and Dave would be together and they would both receive messages at the same time from Carrie. So because Dave was with Liz, he would never suspect that it was Liz actually sending those messages. And it was because Liz was using software where she was able to write the message and it would send at a particular time. And her whole goal was to keep Dave. This was one big game to her. It was one big obsession. And this, the whole crazy Carrie, because that's what Dave and Liz used to call her, crazy Carrie. Crazy Carrie was pretty much the only thing that Dave and Liz bonded over. And I know you're probably thinking, where's Carrie? What happened to her? Well, everything is soon about to be revealed. But before we get to that, there are so many more crazy things that happen. So following the house fire, Liz needed somewhere to live because obviously she burnt her own house down. She rekindles her relationship with Dave, but Dave still doesn't want Liz to live with him. So who does she turn to? Garrett. And I bet you've forgotten who Garrett is. Well, remember that this is Liz's boyfriend. Yeah, it's really easy to forget that she has a boyfriend. She has been with Garrett for about three years at this point. And Garrett, this whole time, doesn't have a clue about Carrie, about Dave, about anything going on. In his mind, he has been in a very committed relationship with Liz. It's just crazy. This story, honestly, it's crazy. So she turns to Garrett, who, because he is her boyfriend, when she asks him if she can move in with him, of course he says yes. And Garrett, I think he's over the moon because he's in love with Liz and he really cares for her children. However, Liz did not feel the same. This was not a loving relationship on her part. Because when she moved in with Garrett, she didn't want to share a room with him. She was like, no, don't really want anything to do with you. I just want to move in with you, have a roof over my head, and that is it. So Liz moves into the basement and basically makes her own little apartment in the basement. It was basically her lair. And Liz just took advantage of Garrett. She never cleaned up after herself. She never contributed to the household. She never paid any bills. She also stopped working because her other job of stalking had become full-time. And that's what she did. She stayed in Garrett's basement in her lair and conducted all of her stalking from Garrett's basement. So now that Liz has her nice cushy setup in Garrett's basement, the stalking now continues and it continues for the next 
two years. It's unbelievable how long all of this went on for. So she's already been doing it for nine months. So in total, all of this, the stalking, everything lasted for like three years. And the same thing pretty much happened. She continues on her relationship with Dave. And every time they would break up, crazy Carrie would make an appearance. And Dave, over time, he was literally losing the plot. He kept changing his number. He even changed jobs at one point. But every single time, Carrie would find him and he wouldn't know how. So then 2013 turned into 2014. And then 2014 turned into 2015. And Carrie still had not been seen by anyone. After two and a half years of being missing, Carrie's family still had no idea where she was. And this is when the police decided to reopen the case and try and find Carrie. And this is when things would finally start to catch up with Liz Golia. So this is when things start to move very, very quickly. So in the spring of 2015, this is when detectives start to look back into the case and they look at it with fresh eyes and they look at the case in two different ways. One detective looks at the case as if Carrie is still alive. And then the other detective looks at the case as if Carrie was dead. And both detectives, as they are looking in the case, there is one name that keeps repeatedly popping up all over the place. And that is Liz Goldia. They see that Liz has made multiple complaints about Carrie stalking her and harassing her. And they go through the file and they start to think, this doesn't make sense. Why would Carrie harass and stalk a woman that she has met for two seconds? And they realize that maybe they need to take a closer look at Liz. So earlier on, when Liz had reported Carrie to the police, the police had taken the contents of Liz's phone from her. So the detectives that have reopened this case have the contents of Liz's phone. But back when Liz first made the report against Carrie, she was seen as a victim. So even though the police had the contents of her phone, they weren't really looking through it because she wasn't a suspect. However, now they are suspicious of Liz. So they go back through her phone contents and they find some very, very suspicious things. First of all, they find a photo of Carrie's car before the police found it. Why would Liz have a photo of Carrie's car? Why did she know where it was? They also come across the email from Carrie to Dave, which showed the picture of Liz tied up being kidnapped. And when they look at the metadata at this photo, they saw that the photo of Liz being tied up and kidnapped was actually taken on Liz's phone. So Liz is going through a drama in her own life because Dave has broken up with her again for like the hundredth time. And Dave actually moves house and he decides to go and live nearer his children, which means that he will be living near his ex, Amy. So naturally, because he's living closer to his children, he starts spending more time with Amy. And Liz was like, uh -uh, nope, not having this. No, no, no. I need to get Amy out of the picture. So Liz goes to the police to make a report and she reports to the police that she's not receiving threatening messages from Carrie anymore. She's actually receiving threatening messages from Amy. You literally cannot make this stuff up. What the hell? Which again, is Liz pretending to be Amy threatening her. And she shows the police loads of emails, which of course are fake. But Liz uh, comes up with a little 
plan on how she's going to get rid of Amy. Because when she's making this police report, Liz has a revelation and she says to the police, I think Amy has been pretending to be Carrie all this time. She was with him for 12 years and she still goes in and out of his life all the time. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so you think she could have been a person that did some of that stuff to her? I'm just saying as a, another person who would be possessive of Dave, it mm -hmm. would be her. Yeah, she's now trying to pin all of this on Amy. And the police were like, are you sure? I'm like, how do you know this? And Lizzie's like, 100%, 100% sure it's Amy. It's always been Amy. Amy is dangerous. You need to go and arrest her. But Liz was not done. No, no, there is one more shocking thing. And I cannot believe that this happened because the next day, the next day after Liz filed that police report, the police receive a 911 call from Liz. And she tells them that she has been shot. Uh, the one was the address of your emergency. Oh yeah, I've been shot in the leg. Oh, 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 Jesus. Liz calls up 911, all dramatic. She says that she was out in the park, she was on her own, then all of a sudden a woman came up from behind and shot her in the leg. And she knows exactly who this is. It was Amy. Amy shot me in the leg. Liz is trying to frame Amy for shooting her. And of course, Amy didn't shoot her. Prepare yourselves for this. Prepare yourselves. It was Liz. Liz shot herself in the leg. I just can't believe it. Like what the hell, the lengths that this woman will go to? Who the hell shoots themselves in the leg? I can't believe the extremes that she is going to. And I also can't believe that she thinks that she's going to get away with this. Also, why would you shoot yourself? That is so dangerous. She could have died. Like literally she could have. She didn't. She went to hospital. She had surgery. She was fine. But the police, after they have received this 911 call, they turn up at Amy's house with guns because they think that Amy is armed and dangerous. They arrest Amy. And oh my God, poor Amy is now being dragged into this. She must have been terrified. These police with guns storming her house. But it turned out she had a solid alibi and she was innocent. So they let her go. I'm honestly speechless, like what the hell? I don't think I've come across a case this crazy in a long time. So the investigation into Liz continues. The police at this point are pretty convinced that Liz shot herself. And the police start to think, well, if she's capable of this, what about if she's capable of murder? What about if she murdered Carrie? After everything that the police have become aware of, of the stalking, her pretending to be Carrie, that she shot herself, now she's trying to frame Amy. But the police, even though they suspect this, they still don't know what happened to Carrie. There's still no evidence, nothing. But that would all change because the very next day, Liz walks into the police station and she tells the police that Amy has killed Carrie. You really can't make this stuff up. She is now trying to frame Amy for killing Carrie. The police are having none of this, but they decide to play into Liz, play into her games to see if they can trip her up. Because even though the police suspect that Liz murdered Carrie, they still don't know. They still don't even know if Carrie is dead at this point. So the police try to see if they can wind Liz up. 
push her to the edge, make her slip up. So the police ask Dave to move in with Amy, hoping that Dave moving in with Amy would send Liz crazy, that she would get so jealous and she would slip up. She would confess or make a mistake, do something to give the police evidence that she is responsible for Carrie disappearance, which honestly seems very unethical and dangerous because the police suspect that Liz is a murderer at this point and they are possibly putting Dave, Amy and their two children at risk at this point. But anyway, Dave moves in with Amy and it does have the desired effect because Liz goes crazy. Liz starts making all of these dramatic phone calls to the police. Looks like the only person that benefited was her. So she gets to shoot someone and she gets to move in with Dave and she gets to be free. And you guys aren't arresting her. So the police ask Liz to come in and see them. The police are still playing into the game and they ask Liz for help. The police say to Liz, can you help us catch Amy. So they ask Liz to hand over her phone so they can see the threatening messages that Amy has been sending her so they can catch Amy. And of course, Liz hearing this, Liz hearing the police say, we want to catch Amy, Liz straight away hands over her phone. But the police, <laughs> of course, they suspect Liz. So now that they have an updated version of Liz's contents, they go through her whole phone and her deleted files. Because you guys should know that even though you delete stuff, it's never truly deleted. So they were able to recover all of Liz's deleted photos, emails, messages, everything from her phone. And they find a ton of evidence that she is the imposter, that she has been pretending to be Carrie this whole time. They've obviously suspected it. Well, now they have hard evidence, but they still don't know what has happened to Carrie. So they go back to Liz and they say, Liz, we need your help. We need you to get Amy to confess. Kind of push her uh, for some more info on the Carrie thing, what she did to Carrie and so forth like that. That would help our case immensely if it was uh, more specific. So you guys want me to try and email her back? I'm leaving that in your court, Liz. The police at this point knew that Liz loved sending fake emails, so they were really hoping that Liz would send a fake email from Amy to Liz confessing to the murder of Carrie and then the police would know what has happened to Carrie. Does that all make sense? It is very confusing, isn't it? And unbelievably, it worked. Pretty much the next day, Liz comes into the police station. I got her to confess. I got her to confess. Amy has confessed to Carrie's murder. Amy had apparently emailed Liz confessing to the murder. And this is when the truth started to come out about what exactly happened to Carrie. In the email, it said that on the 13th of November, Amy had entered Dave's apartment and found Carrie in Dave's apartment and a huge argument broke out between the two of them. And then following that, Amy had followed Carrie out to her vehicle before forcing her inside and stabbing her. The email then said that Carrie had been stabbed three to four times in the chest and stomach before her body was then removed, dismembered, burned, and then discarded in trash bags. And the police reading this email were like, oh my God, this is what happened to Carrie. This is when 
everyone finally found out that Carrie was dead. She was no longer here and she had lost her life and she had been murdered by Liz. And she had been murdered by Liz on that morning that she was in Dave's apartment. The morning that Dave left her in his apartment, kissed her goodbye, was expecting to see her at the end of the day, but she never returned. So the police want to arrest Liz immediately. However, they still don't have enough evidence because this is just circumstantial. They don't have hard evidence that Liz murdered Carrie. This is just an email. However, the email did give away that Carrie was murdered in her car. So the police track down Carrie's car and they thoroughly search it. And they remove the fabric from the passenger seat, which is where Carrie would have been sat. And there was a huge red blood stain. And the amount of blood that would have made that stain pretty much confirmed that Carrie lost her life in that car. They finally had hard physical evidence to prove what had happened to Carrie. So now the police go to Garrett's house where Liz has been living and they search the basement and they find all of the electronic devices that Liz has been using for her stalking, which all of these devices have so much evidence of the messages, of photos, of emails, everything. Because Liz had been pretty clever at disguising her IP address. She'd also been using VPNs to disguise where she was. However, the police were able to recover all of her deleted files, which she probably wasn't banking on. And in the recovered files, they find a photo of Carrie's foot. Now they knew that it was Carrie's foot by a tattoo that Carrie had on her foot. It was a very distinctive tattoo and the foot in the photo also had this tattoo. And this foot was in advanced stages of decay. So again, more hard physical evidence that Liz murdered Carrie. And finally, after one whole year of investigation, they now had enough evidence to arrest Liz Golia for the murder of Carrie's father four years after Carrie disappeared. And it's just crazy that it took that long. It is so frustrating that it took that long. And it is so frustrating that when Nancy, Carrie's mom, originally reported her daughter missing, the police just dismissed her because Carrie had been diagnosed with bipolar. So anyway, following the arrest, they interviewed Liz. And of course, Liz denied everything. And I have seen this interview and Liz's body language, oh my God, screams guilty. Home was at your house right after she disappeared. And I want to ask you how you can explain that to me, please. She's never been to my house. Your fingerprints are inside her vehicle. How would your fingerprints be inside her vehicle? I don't know, because I've never been in her car. You drove her car. No, I didn't. I've never been inside her car. I've never even been around her car. Ever. Your fingerprints are in there. No, I haven't. I'm not lying. I've never been around her car. I've never even seen Why would you create all these emails? I haven't created any emails. All these have been coming from your, from no, your not. house. And I'm not going to be accused of something that I didn't do. Now, I am not an expert on body language, okay? But Liz is sat there with her arms crossed, her legs crossed, her feet are like pointing to the floor. She literally looks like she wants to be swallowed up by the chair. I am sorry, but that tells me that she is guilty. Like that body language just screams guilt. And it's so funny, this interview, because Liz thinks that she has been so clever about all of this, which granted for a while, 
though she was, no one suspected her. She was getting away with it, but she got too cocky. And what she didn't realize is that at the end of the investigation, the police had clocked on to what she was doing and they were playing her. Following this interview, Liz Golia was charged with the murder of Carrie and she finally went to trial in 2017. Liz pleaded not guilty. And the defense tried to make out that there was no body because they still hadn't found Carrie's body. There was no body, no case, no murder. However, the prosecution just had too much evidence. Even though they had no body, there was so much evidence of everything that Liz had done, all the stalking, the harassment, all of the deleted files that they had managed to recover. And then the picture of Carrie's foot, it was case closed. And Liz was found guilty of first degree murder of Carrie's father. And she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. She was also given 20 extra years because she had burnt down her own house. Liz obviously still remains in prison to this day and she still claims that she was innocent. Now, after the trial, the headlines with this case, they went crazy. I mean, of course they did. This case is crazy. I don't think I've ever come across a case where someone has been so obsessed with someone. I mean, we've got to remember here, Liz killed her own pets. We have to remember that. What the hell? That is the extreme length that she went to. She shot herself and she was sending thousands of messages every single day. It's unbelievable. And why did Liz do this? Like, why did she do this? It's obvious that she is a very obsessive, possessive, jealous person. She had a history of stalking because at the very beginning of the case, if you remember, she was stalking a woman called Melissa. She pretended to be Melissa. She obviously has a history of this. But what I want to know, and I don't have the answer to this question, why did she murder Carrie? Why did it escalate to murder? She had a history of stalking. Why didn't she just stalk Carrie? You know, why didn't she just harass Carrie like she did everybody else? What was it about Carrie? Why did she murder her? Dave was only dating Carrie for two weeks. It wasn't even a serious relationship between Dave and Carrie. Why did Liz get so jealous of Carrie? What was it about her? I don't know. I honestly don't know why it escalated to murder. I honestly have not got a clue. And given everything that has happened in this case and what has been proven that Liz has done, I think it's safe to say that Liz murdered her son Cody and framed Glenn for it. I know, I bet you forgot about that as well. There is so much that happens in this case, it's insane. But this case is so heartbreaking for Carrie's family, what they had to go through. They had to go through four years of not knowing what happened to Carrie. And Max, Carrie's son, he had to go through all of this. He went through so many milestones in his life whilst this case was going on. He turned 16, then he turned 18, he graduated. At one point, he even texted his mom whilst this was going on and said, mom, if this is really you, please come back. I want you to be at my graduation, which is just so heartbreaking. And what is even more heartbreaking is to this very day, Carrie's body has never been found. So it's impossible to say how Carrie was even murdered. The only thing we have is that email from Liz, well, pretending to be Amy confessing to the murder. But I want to end this remembering Carrie. Carrie Father was described as a caring, talented, and fun-loving person. She was thriving in life and in her dream job. But most of all, Carrie loved her family, especially her son Max, who was her absolute world. 
They loved spending time together and he misses her terribly. She was taken far too soon from her young son. She still had so much more life to live. She was only 37 years old. And in the years that have followed, Max has gone on to live his own life and he has followed in his mom's footsteps and he has become a software engineer. And he has said that he still misses her every single day and he hopes that he has made her proud. And that brings us to the end of the episode on Liz Golia. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you enjoy the show, it would really mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios, and I'll see you all in the next one. Bye.